got my Bible and I'd started coming by reading a couple of chapters a week. And somewhere during the Gospel of John, John got saved. But as I read to him the story of the virgin birth, Dr. John looked at me and said, is that how it happened? Yeah. He said, I don't have a problem with that. I said, good. Like I said, we went through the Gospel of John and John got saved. And there was another man one time by the name of Richard. In our church, um, we had a friend day. And you know what happens on friend days? You know, people bring friends around. And, and one of our folks that come along, he said, listen, I'm going to bring this, this gentleman. He's 70-something he's years old. And he said, he's, he's rough. He's, you know, he, well, you know, he's kind of, I've got two stories mixed up. Anyway, I'm going to tell you about Richard. Richard, he started coming along. And he, he was about this tall. You know, about four foot. 11, 12, 5, 1, something. Anyway, it was short. And he'd come along, and you just don't know what's going to come out of Richard's mouth. You know anybody like that? I mean, he could probably embarrass a sailor, and he did it regularly. And, but he started coming along to church and just, you know, enjoying time with us, and we enjoyed time with him. And you know what? It, 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 he just kept coming, and He's, he's an old jailbird. He was in and out of prison most all of his life. He had some difficult times in his life. And uh, he's one of those guys that if you cross him, look out. I mean, he would just come at you. You know, just, you know the type. Richard kept coming along and, you know, we shared the scriptures with him and he listened to the sermons. And, and then we got to the point that Whenever Julie and I would go out of town or something like that, we would invite Richard to come over to the house and stay because we had a couple of dogs at the time. He was a great dog lover. And uh, he would uh, look after the house. And also, you know, he's a bit of a neat Nick, which my wife and he are just alike in that. They like things to be just, I mean, Julie would clean the house up. And whenever we get back, Richard would make sure the house was just as clean, if not cleaner, when we got back. But anyway, he's, we wouldn't put anything away, although he had been in and out of prison. We'd just leave everything out. We wouldn't hide anything because we trusted him. And you know, that really impressed Richard. And one time, whenever we were going to come back to the States for a little while, Richard got sick and went in the hospital, and I went and sat with him for a while and invited him to come to the house, and I would look after him. While he recovered. And then just about a week before I left. Richard and I were sitting, sitting around the counter in the house. And Richard and I got into a spiritual conversation. And Richard, this jailbird, this guy who was rough. Trusted Christ. But you know what? There are still those ones that are lost out there. Those people who need us to make them a priority. And go after them. We can still see them saved. Yes we're missionaries. And that's what we do. Yes your pastor and his wife. That's what you do. And that's what your staff do. do. But listen. Every single one of us. If we will prioritize. Leading folks to Christ. Christ can use you. To lead people to himself. Isn't that exciting? And when you lead somebody to the Lord. The angels pitch a fit. They have a party. So you want to cause a commotion in heaven. Lead somebody to Christ. 
But then Jesus told this other story about the coin that was lost in the house. So, you know what? I almost think we need to look in the house for people who are lost as well. And we had something like that happen as well. Um, We would have services there at the Garden Village weekly. and, And there was this one gentleman by the name of Bill come along. Bill Davis. And I found out that he had pastored for 40 years. He's a stately gentleman. You you know these guys that are just real gentlemen? I mean, he was just a great gentleman, great communicator, real witty. And every time we'd have a service, I would talk about leading folks to Christ and and getting saved. And Bill come up to me. He said, you know what, Tony? He said, after 40 years of ministry, I cannot recall leading anyone to Christ. And then he said, sometimes I begin to wonder if I'm even saved myself. Well, I started dealing with him about the assurance of his salvation. Soon we come to find out that Bill was lost. And it took him a long time to accept the fact that he was lost. After pastoring for 40 years. I gave him some material to read, prayed with him, visited with him, spent a lot of time with him. And finally I told him, I said, Bill, if you ever get ready to come to that point where you're ready to make a decision, would you call me? He said, yes, I would. One Monday night, about 4 o'clock, he called and he said, uh, Tony, can I see you? I said, I'll be right there. Went and picked him up. We went and got us a Starbucks coffee. Went over to the center of town green of Fort Macquarie and sat at a picnic table. And 80-year-old Bill Davis bowed his head and invited Jesus into his life after pastoring for 40 years. Got a chance to baptize him. You remember the gentleman you saw, the old gentleman that I was baptizing? That was Bill Davis. And you know what? He's been one of our greatest prayer warriors since that time. But not only did I get a chance to lead him to the Lord and baptize him, but I also had a chance to marry he and his girlfriend. And then this past year, I got a chance to baptize her. And they're regulars in our church there at Garden Village. And like I said, he is praying. He prays for us every night. And you know what he prays for? That God will give us fruit in our ministry. And he himself was fruit. So sometimes we need to look in the house. There may be people in the house who are lost, who need to be saved. You know whether you are or not. So Jesus tells the story about the shepherd who loses the sheep. He finds it. And then he tells the story of the woman who loses a coin. And she searches the house until she finds it. Then she throws a celebration. And then Jesus tells a third story. We'll begin reading in verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. Verse 12, and the young, younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. He takes his inheritance and he has two sons. And he gives this one boy his inheritance early. In verse 13, and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. We know this is the prodigal son. I want you to think about the prodigal son for just a few moments. He was a son. He was in the house. He was under the father's control. He knew how to act 
in the Father's house, and he knew he needed to act that way to please the Father. But he soon got tired of the Father's control. And he said, Father, give me my money. I'm out of here. I want to go have a blast. I want to go have some fun. What do you think about this guy? Well, before you're too hard on him, I want you to think. Have you ever done a similar thing? Have you ever yourself become a prodigal? You just got tired of living in the Father's house. You didn't want to act like a Christian anymore. And you wanted just to go out and have your own fling. And have a good time. And, or what you thought was a good time and party. Maybe you're even there now. Something to think about. And if you're there now, these next words are good instruction. Verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent, into him, sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have filled his belly with the husk that the swine eat, and no man gave unto him anything. This guy had all the money, and when he had the money, he had the friends. The only problem is when the money's gone, so are the friends. You know, he real quickly went from hero to zero. He went from party time to poverty time. He found himself in a worst case situation, a young Jewish boy feeding pigs. You know anything about the Jews, those two don't mix. And here he is feeding pigs. But that's what happens to us when we leave the Father's house. I mean, you may want to go out and just spread your wings and have a good time and party, but it might be fun for a little while and then things come tumbling I can see him sitting in a room, lonely, dejected, wondering what it would have been like if he hadn't messed up his life. Is that where you are? Verse 17. And when he came to himself, let's stop. He came to himself. He was thinking. He was pondering. He was considering his situation. And let's give it to him. He came to a good conclusion. And he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. He thought through it. He said, I'm sick and tired of this situation that I'm in. For the boy, it was some time of humble pie. He says, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of thy hired servants. Listen to what he's saying. There is no arrogance, no pride, no demands, just a simple realization that he had messed up and a desire to be forgiven. Only if we would just come this same way with no arrogance, no excuses, no anything, just a desire to be forgiven and restored. Oh, if we would just do that. But how would the father respond? 
How would the father respond? I mean, after all, this young fellow, he spent all of his money on wine, women, and song. How would the father respond? Well, let me ask you, how would you respond? How would you respond to a child who did that? Well, how was his father going to respond? Let's see. But when he was at yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck. And he kissed the boy. The father. This, this, this is wild. Matter of fact, what we just read is a bit scandalous. Here this boy, he's coming home. And this dignified Jewish father did something that dignified Jewish fathers don't do. He pulls up his robe. And he runs wildly to his son and he throws his arms around him and he just loves him. The Pharisees are looking at that and said, I would never do that. What a thing I would never do that. Well, that's why they are Pharisees. But the father said, this my son has come home and I love him. And I am going to run. And I'm going to throw my arms around him. And I am going to accept him back into the family. I am going to forgive him. And I'm going to restore him. Oh, Jesus just showed these lost people the heart of God. What would you, if you were one of the lost people, what would you be thinking now? What would you be thinking? You heard the party, that the celebration that's thrown in heaven when something's found. Now you see this boy who's run off in his own. He decides to come home and, and the father accepts him and loves him, brings him back into the family. What would you be thinking if you were one of the lost people? They're sitting there saying, this is good. They might even be saying, give me some of that. I want some of that love that Jesus is talking about. Jesus had them. But now we've seen what Jesus would do when he was talking to lost people. He would tell them about the love of the, par- uh, love of the Father. He would tell them about the celebration that heaven has when a lost person comes home. And you know what? If I was a lost person, I would be ready to get saved right then. Because I would like for the angels to be celebrating when I repented and came home. If I was a prodigal, there would be tears in my eyes and I'd be running up and say, please accept me like that. Well, that's what we're going to tell folks in Australia while we're there. It's about the love of God. But what about today? What about you? Is there somebody here today who's decided to leave the father's house? Go out and party and have what you thought was a good time. Life has fallen apart. And now you come to yourself. And you want to come home. What will you do? There's an old song that we used to sing. I'm sure you'll recognize it. It goes like this. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. 
calling for you and for me. Sing it with me if you know it. See on the portals he's waiting and watching. Watching for you and for me. Sing with me. Come home. Come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling, oh sinner, come I believe the Father is sitting today at the portals of heaven, waiting, watching, earnestly longing to throw his arms around someone who would choose to come home. All you have to do is come to yourself, make that decision, and come home. A lost sheep, a lost coin, a prodigal son. That's what Jesus told to lost people. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that through these stories that Jesus told, we see the value of the lost. If the lost is so valuable for him to give his life for the lost. Lord, help us to place the same value on that which is lost. Make it a priority. And search until they're found. Father, if today there is someone who has left the father's house and today they're ready to come home. I pray that today they'll make that decision. They'll come to themselves and they'll come home. Lord, I ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.